I've tried it. I've tried it too. Did you like it? Boy, did we! Show. And here is the studio orchestra of the Spud Goodman Show, sartorially regaled in sequined jumpsuit and cantilevered pompadour, the world's only accordion-playing Elvis impersonator, Accordion Joe! Here comes the Spud Man, he goes down easy, he calls to you who, the social outcast, yes, you who are rejected. He wants you, he needs you, he loves you. Here comes the Spud Man, he goes down easy. Here comes the Spud Man. It's the Spud Goodman Show. Let's get ready, Trumbo. And here he is, the head cheese meister. It's Spud Goodman. Greetings, my name is Spud Goodman and this is my radio show. Hopefully you won't regret spending the next hour or two with us tonight. I, I should say probably right now. I gotta say something now to entice you to stay tuned in, but I'm just not real skilled at that, okay? I've never been a great closer. Anyway, with me tonight is the show's uh, designated laugher, Gina. Hey, I hope you haven't already laughed yourself out on your own time before you got to the studio, as I really need you tonight. I'm feeling a little bit melancholy. Oh, don't you worry, Spud. I am ready to deliver the appropriate and timely laughter throughout the show. Americans love a winner. All right, good to know. Also with us is the show's temporary permanent co-host, Gerald Holcomb. You can say a word or two. Just a word or two, though. What, uh, hello, Spud. It's good to be with you tonight. Are you tonight. not going to say hello to, to Gina here, too? Yeah. Don't be rude. Oh. Well, I already said hello to Gina before we went on the air, but if you insist, how are you doing tonight, Gina? Are Are you actually going to listen to my response? I mean, well, uh, I'm I'm actually somewhat stressed because our credit card is maxed out, and I really hey, don't. Need you to- really hate it when people ask how you're doing and. You know they could give a crap as they've already moved on to other topics in their mind. Yes. I mean, that has always bothered me. It's so rude. It's it's like they just want to hear the sound of their own voice and not actually listen to what is going on in my So, so Gerald, so next time you ask Gina how she's doing, uh-huh. show some respect and take the time to listen to her response. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take it in. Let it resonate. Do you know what resonate means? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do, Spud. Believe me, I will make sure everything I hear tonight resonates with me, okay? All right, good to know. Good. And listen, I don't know if this is the right time to bring this up, being live on the air, but I was thinking maybe some of our listeners might want to jump in on this, too. So, you know, it's that time of year again. Hmm. For what? To check the smoke alarms in our homes? I just did that, like, last year, I think. Is it no. time to change the oil? I mean, it's every nine months, right? Or is it... 20,000 miles. Uh, our, our car has hit like 215,000 miles on I it. I mean, uh, we really need to okay, get a new nice one. To know. But that's nice to know. Okay. Well, no. It, it's that time of year when students at my kids' school have their annual fundraiser. And of course, Trisha will be selling magazine subscriptions, and our youngest, Tyler, is going to be selling cookie dough. Super. So, who would like to be the first to place an order here? Gerald, the kids. Cookie dough magazine subscription deal will only make you feel 
like a total heel, as your co-workers will want to kick you in the nuts with great zeal. You're going to do this again this year. I thought I saw some memo well, at a staff meeting that no one could try the scam on coworkers anymore. I'm pretty sure there was some Supreme Court decision to outlaw this. No, 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 no. There's there's no prohibition on this. I already got our executive producer to place a big order of cookie dough and a subscription to Boys Life. Uh, look, I'm not interested. This is the kind of well, thing that caused me to wait to have uh, kids for so many years. What kind of person... Really tries to pressure his coworkers to buy his kids stuff. Well, there's That's no disgusting. There's no pressure. I'm not. I'm not applying pressure. I would never try to take advantage of my friends at work. That's ridiculous. Look, if you're not interested, then fine. It's no problem. I'm not interested. Yeah, like I said, no, thank you. Okay, well, before you two and everyone else in the studio makes a rash decision, don't you even want to look at the catalog with all the choices they're offering? The prices, they're really competitive. No, no means no, okay? Right uh -huh. now I need to play some music. Uh, this song is by our show's orchestra, Accordion Joe, who uh, recorded this with our musical guest, The Blakes, in 2013. The tune is Blue Suede Shoes, written by Carl Perkins, and of course, the King Elvis Presley sold buttloads of copies later, so roll it. Well, you can knock me down, stand on my face, smear my name all over the place, but don't you hold me Radio Show. Uh, this is Robert Hayes. You may remember me from Airplane, but uh, I'm looking for a little help. For some reason, I wound up here in the Spud Goodman Show, and uh, I have no idea why. Uh, Spud, your first guest, Howie Mandel, is waiting for All you. All right. You, you know, Howie's always working. I, I wonder when he takes a break. I, I almost hated to bug him tonight to come on the show. <laughs> well, it's only a few minutes out of his busy day. Uh, uh, are you going to ask him about his acting career on St. Elsewhere years ago? I loved nah, that show. I don't think so. If I remember correctly, though, our guest last week, Ed Begley Jr., was on that show, too. Small mm -hmm. world, huh? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, I have to say, when Howie does those segments on the street with people, 
Well, they really make me feel very uncomfortable. He's really good at annoying people. Yeah, you know, way, way back he did some some great stuff, getting in people's faces and screwing with them. I, I always enjoyed it. <laughs> he, he was able to figure out how to annoy people but still be likable. Spud, maybe you could ask him if you could contact him later to get some tips on that as annoying listeners without being likable is not really getting you very far in the radio business. Look, there you go again, calling me totally unlikable. Well, some people like me. You know, I don't ask me for specific names but i'm pretty positive some people do all right so just put the damn call through all right here he is all right please welcome our first guest howie mandel to the show thanks for calling in man wow that, that, that's a, what an honor i am the first guest ever on this show uh well you got me on that one all right no you're not all right super well, Howie, you're a Canadian citizen, so here's my question. Uh, what the hell type of performance-enhancing substances do you Canadians indulge in to give you guys what I feel is an unfair comedy advantage? It's really not fair and presents an uneven playing field for all American comedians. I mentioned this to Tom Green, too. I don't know what it is. There seems to be a, a lot of people coming out of Canada that, that do well in comedy, and I would yeah. imagine it's colder. It's colder, and it keeps us fresh. I have no idea what it is. I, I just think, I don't know. I think that's just uh, an aberration. Uh, uh, truth be told, there's uh, many more American comics that are coming out of, like, the Northeast and New York and Philly and, you know, and, you know, and that's just a small part of our nation. And I think most people come out of there in the comedy world and as far as writers, directors, and comedians. But I'm proud to have uh, been one of many people that have come out of Canada and uh, made a living. Yeah, well, I think you've done okay. Um, I just, just throw out a few, though. you got the SCTV crew. you got, you know, Phil Hartman, Jim Carrey, Mike Myers, Seth Rogen, and, of course, Lauren Michaels and a bunch of other people. But I just wanted to, you get the point, and all my listeners get the point. But anyway, all right, moving on. i got to ask you this question. I feel some of your best work on camera is when you take it to the streets and interact with people. Some might say mess with them. Has anybody ever got perturbed and tried kicking you in the nuts or anything afterwards? Yes, many, and that was my whole life, and that was before I was in comedy. You know, I I actually found that uh, you know the first time I was aware of comedy was watching Candid Camera. So yes, and that's my favorite kind of comedy is that awkward, uncomfortable, real rather than jokes. You know, when people are really reacting to something. So yes, I've uh, I've been chased, I've been hit, I've been kicked, I've been yelled at, I've been banished, uh, and and this. This is just in the last two weeks. Wow, I can relate to that. You know, I, I also uh, have had somewhat some issues with this, but I always wear a cup when I go out in public. It's a little bit of a no harm, no foul kind of thing. But anyway, um, so let me ask you this. You have shared with your fans the challenges of, of dealing with your OCD tendencies. I myself don't actually have it myself, but when I hear someone else discuss their habits, I tend to, I tend to subconsciously start doing them myself for a day or two. So when I heard you, you know, putting down the towels on the floor at the hotel so you wouldn't have to step on their bacteria-covered floors, I, I started do I doing it. I actually talk about that on the, I talk about that in the Just for Laughs. Yes. I, I, I do a, a bit about it and talk about it. Yes. I mean, I mean, I'm able to laugh at it. You know, I do... Go ahead. No, I was going to say yes. It's It was amazing because I started doing it myself, but it was at motels, of course, in my case, and I had to do it with one towel to give you. But you actually, this this is something you have to build into your schedule maybe, don't you? Well, you know, it's just from as long as I can remember, I've had issues. You know, I'm, I'm well taken care of right now as far as, you know, therapy and medication, but mm -hmm. I still have these uh, rituals and habits and things that I do. 
some of which turn out to be good ideas for other people that don't have the issues that I have. But uh, if I can help in any way, I'm more than happy to. Well, has it has it been a help with your comedy? I would think as it would open up areas of humor that others would just over. No, you know, my issues, my mental health issues are not a gift. And if they are a gift, I would love to re-gift or return them. And, and uh, I don't know if it's health. It's, it's who I am, and I talk about them, and, you know, ultimately relate uh, then they seem to respond yeah, yeah. but uh, you know I, I don't really make it part of my comedy as much as it's just part of who I am alright super um Spud hey uh, Howie just give me one second y- you know you may not have clinically diagnosed obsessive compulsive disorder but you do display some clearly dysfunctional behavior well like what I have a handle on most of my inner demons well some of what you display could be described as well if not abnormal behavior it would be termed as strange yeah yeah I know I'm a bit quirky sometimes in how I interact with other human beings but I'm not that weird well I don't know if most people would say sacrificing a live slug to commemorate the start of daylight savings time is rational behavior it's, it's that time of year when people start to mow their lawns the days are longer there's more hope in the air it's something I started doing when I was a little kid and I don't actually care Kill the slug, I just do a little ceremony and let him go. Hello? How would you describe your habit of announcing the starting lineup of the Seattle Sonics from Game 5 when they won the NBA championship in 1979 before you go on the air each show? I don't understand that kind well, of behavior. Well, listen, that remains one of the most important moments in my life. By saying that starting lineup out loud to myself, it gives me inner peace and allows me to excel in my role as host of this show. Hey, I need to get back to Howie now, so Thank just you. keep it down let me finish the damn interview. All right, all right. Well, you're going to be coming back this year to America's Got Talent. Um, with, with Howard leaving and Simon Cowell uh, replacing him, you realize there are now no American judges. So you're going to have to step up and play the role. You know, I mean, Canadians are at least a quarter American, so I guess that'll have to work. Yeah, but we, you know, first of all, I am an American citizen. Oh, okay. And even though right. I wasn't born here. And uh, uh-huh. Heidi has got her citizenship, and I think that Mel B also does have her citizenship. I did not know so that. I, yeah, I think so. I, at least two of us are citizens, and so is Nick. So uh, we're well taken care of. And, and the fact that you're not American gives you a better view. It's always easier to view and judge from the outside than being on the inside. Oh, well, are you going to miss Howard at all? Just curious. I miss him every day. I yeah. do. I just texted him two days ago. I've been friends with him for 30 years. I think he's brilliant. I love the guy. I loved working with the guy. I love what he did for the show. But I'm also excited about the next decade and uh, working with the boss. All right. Super. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this question. Uh, what gig is easier, being a game show host or serving as a backup quarterback in the NFL? I'm thinking, you know, backing up a QB1 is is because a game show host, you have to smile all the time, pretend like you're having a great time, right? Yeah, but there's nobody going to hit you, you know, as a host. So I think hosting is probably a lot easier. All right, super. Well, uh, here's my last question. Um, if you could hang out for like one day with one deceased comedian, who you know who's left us? Who would it be at this point? I'm, I'm just wanted to know. Well, to be honest with you, I would not like to hang for an hour with a deceased comedian because it would be quiet 
and there's no one to talk to, and just the smell of rotting flesh, it makes it hard to eat. So I will, I, you know, if I had my choice, it would be a living comedian. I would not hang with any deceased comedians. Uh, but thanks for the question. Yeah, well, I'd probably go with Bob Saget. I don't know if he's dead or not, but, you know, I, hey, I just, I dig the guy. But anyway, all right, Howie, I want to thank you so much uh, for calling in. We really appreciate it. Thank you. All right, Mr. Howie Mandel. This is one of radio's most famous musical productions, the program that brings you the music of a nation that loves to sing and whose songs reflect the beauty and romance inherent in its way of life. This is the Spud Goodman Show. All right, musical guest interview time. Uh, Welcome back to the show, Wes Spate, who uh, performed as a solo artist uh, on his first appearance here, and this time he's brought a full band. So everyone step up to the mic and identify yourself in the instrument you will be playing tonight. Hi, I'm Wes Spates. I will be playing guitar and keys. I'm Eric Sepulveda, and I'll be playing lead guitar. Jonathan Murphy, and I'm playing bass. And Glenny Kissner on the drums. All right, super. So I have to ask uh, you, Wes, what prompted you to now return to working with a full band? Previously, you were kind of doing everything in the studio. Uh, I like this new sound, though, the big, big, you know, supporting cast. It sounds great. Cool, thank you. Yeah, just it gets a little lonely out there being solo. That's the main Lon- reason. I mean, it's 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 significantly more fun to share music with other people, and um, you know, these we've started to develop relationships, and we're we're having fun. So that's the main thing. Well, how tough is it these days for a great indie band with no label support to to break through and be recognized? Is it getting better, or is it even worse? I'm just curious. I don't know. I think it's perspective. I think um, I'm trying to look at it from a more positive standpoint these days instead of, um, you know, just, you know, because everyone's always saying, you know, the music industry's dead and that kind of thing. And um, sure, that could be true. But I think it's it's more of, you know, paving your own path. I think that's how it's always been. It's always been tough. You know, I don't think it was ever easy for anyone. Um, and so I think it's more about just finding your own your own way. All right. Hey, does anyone in the band uh, have a position on colonizing uh, space? Because Stephen Hawking recently stated we should kind of be getting on this thing like as soon as possible. You never know when the Earth's going to be destroyed by a meteor or something. Do you guys have any opinion on that? I think we should. Why not? It's time. So that's a unanimous thumbs up? Yeah, if it wasn't for Columbus, we wouldn't be here right now. (laughs) All right, well stated. Okay, what's the name of the first song? Suffer. All right, let's do it.
your God gonna save us all? If you're right and you might be right, if you're right and you could be wrong, freedom is Christ in your right. We will make the suffer, the suffer. Uh, Spud, our psychic Ted Marr is good to go for his segment. All right. I, I think I came up with a decent question tonight about that paranormal stuff to run by him. <laughs> you know, I know you already have your question, but I was wondering if you could ask Ted how Elizabeth Taylor is doing these days. I had such uh, a crush on her growing up. I, I, I'm not going to have oh. the time to ask him anything about Courtney, Elizabeth. Chloe. No way. Maybe next week. Just just do the plug for show and put him on. Oh, yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Ted Mars Out of This World segment can be heard each Friday, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on KKNW, 11.50 a.m. in Seattle and online. Here he is. All right, please give a warm welcome to a real-life psychic, Mr. Ted Marr. How are you doing tonight, Ted? Wonderful, wonderful, Spud. Thank you so much for this opportunity to be on and talk to your wonderful listeners. Right. Well, in the past, you've discussed the fact that we're surrounded by aliens from distant galaxies. I think you said some are reptilians. So my question for you is, do you think, you know, someday they will take over the world and force us to be slaves like Apple does with their uh, workers in China who make, you know, their phones? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, briefly, there's two main groups of aliens who visit us in this third dimension. Some are good and some are bad. Some are neutral, actually, as well. But the, the, main, the main good group is called the Galactic Alliance. Uh, they're just, many of them are just like us. They're mostly human, all benevolent. Uh, they're between 50 to 100,000 years ahead of us technologically wow. and 30 to 50,000 years ahead of us spiritually. Uh, the bad boys of the universe are called the reptilians. And um, yeah. they're... Yeah. 
they're not as, uh, they, they don't have any spiritual advancement. They are several thousand years ahead of us technologically. And um, they've actually been on this planet for, well, at least, um, well, at least since 1954 when Eisenhower signed an agreement with them that in exchange for their technology that they, that they would help us uh, uh, fight the Soviet Union back in the Cold War. And in exchange for that, they would be allowed to abduct us and, and study us. Uh, since that time, uh, they're, 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 I don't know, they've caused a lot of trouble. They feed off negativity, but they feed off wars and conflict, whereas the Galactic Alliance feeds off love, understanding, and harmony. Wow, harmony. That's an interesting concept. Well, do you think someday we'll be making, like, Nike shoes or some kind of cheap plastic crap for a distant planet? Because I, I'm scared to death of heights, so no matter how bad it gets, I could not jump out of a window if I couldn't take it anymore. I hope this never happens. <laughs> You know, I would not feel comfortable working in a manufacturing plant. I held that type of job in my early 20s, and I have no desire to return to that station in life, Spud. It's really hard work. Well, I hear you, and that's why I'm asking Ted if there's any chance at all that this could happen. And if so, then, you know, I'm going to be applying for disability. No way my back could stand up to, like, eight hours a day on some conveyor line or whatever. Well, Spud, you're in pretty good shape physically. I doubt if you could claim to be disabled to get out of slave labor should it happen. It's not like aliens will have a social safety net and a human resource unit to deal with these kinds of issues. You don't know that for sure. They could be progressive aliens. Anyway, I know a chiropractor that would sign a letter saying my back prevents me from doing any physical labor. Uh, so, hey, let me get back to Ted and hear what he has to say on this. Okay. Well, actually, uh, as a result of this agreement that President Eisenhower signed in 1954 with these reptilians, um, there, there is a breakaway uh, human civilization uh, on Mars that was built with um, alien technology, reptilian technology. And I've been told by Corey Good, who was on my radio show a few months ago, that there are 7 million humans living on Mars in slave labor camps um, making plastic, uh, among other things, high-tech high -tech things and probably some plastic Nike shoes as well. Dang, I knew there was some somebody living on Mars. All right, super. Well, we can get into this, I guess, uh, further at a, at a later date. All right, there you have it, Mr. Ted Marr and his Out of This World segment. <laughs> Thank you, Spud. The excitement continues on the Spud Goodman Radio Show following this brief intermission. We now return to more action-packed thrills and excitement on the Spud Goodman Radio Show. Say, uh, Spud, 
I really think you're going to kick yourself if you don't at least take a quick look at the catalogs I have here. You know, the cookie dough this year is organic, ah, and there are even gluten-free options if you want. Yeah. And uh, Gina, I'm sure you would love to receive Glamour magazine each month. Am I right? And if you <laughs> order that along with two other magazines, it's only $19.95 for one full year. Gerald, why would I want to subscribe to Glamour magazine? I just had a baby, for God's sake. Yeah, I mean, uh, some of us don't enjoy looking at really attractive people in magazines. Why would we want to... Yeah. Make ourselves feel inferior staring at supermodels. <laughs> so, so you would not be interested in GQ magazine, Spud? No. It is also no. available. Okay, no. well, how about Soldier of Fortune? That's a very popular item with the average guy. Don't ever call me average. That's ridiculous. I mean, I mean, maybe if we're discussing my math or cooking skills, that, that would be, be acceptable. But it, <laughs> I didn't mean. No way I'm into the, uh, the GQ demo. I would never fit in, the, in that group. There's no way. Do I have to take off the baseball hat to, to verify that? I mean, no one in that magazine even uh, has a receding hairline, let alone male pattern baldness. Yeah, yeah, you know, say, I just received a text from my wife, Rachel. It is rather terse, but suffice to say, she feels it is very offensive that you and Gina are so unsupportive of our public school system. Shut up. And the fundraising activities needed to keep things operating smoothly. I thought your kids went to private school, the kind that don't teach evolution and that kind of stuff. Well... Yeah, they, they don't attend a public school themselves. But fundraising activities are often the only lifeline for a student in our inferior, often crumbling urban school systems. Our, our urban school systems? I bet your kids' suburban school systems have, or your school, whatever they attend, I don't even I don't even know the name of it, but I bet they got like well, warm towels in the PE locker room and, and probably Wi-Fi in the cafeteria. Uh, I'd have to ask my wife about that. But the point is, fundraising for students is the first lesson for them of the free market. You know, what better initial learning tool is there on capitalism? Well, what is the question? Only the successful students are recognized as achievers, and those that can't sell, well, it's best they be identified early in life so they can maybe explore their options in a, a vocational school hey, setting, yeah. for example. When I was in school, I couldn't sell anything. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was horrible, and I turned out just fine. I mean, look, I'm on the radio. Gina, we will try to be kind, but to do so puts us in somewhat of a bind. As being a designated laugher is not exactly a great use of your mind. Yeah, yeah. As that bell curve book said so well, our futures are pretty well baked in early on, Gina. Uh, I think you would agree that that was a pretty accurate indicator of your situation later in life, correct? I, I mean, you're a designated laugher on a lower level radio show. Uh, you must have known back then what your ceiling was going to be, and that must have removed any pressure and uncertainty of your future career. Hey, arc. hey, 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 no need to demean those who can't sell junk, all right? No. That's not cool. Why don't you? find out if our next guest is ready to go. Uh, can you handle that, Mr. Glengarry Glen Ross? Uh, sure, sure. Okay, <laughs> let me see. And uh, uh, Yes, uh, they're telling me your next guest, Joe Satriani, is now ready to go. All right. Uh, you know, this guy's been really successful as a musician. He's like got a ton of Grammy nominations. Uh, do you think you'll have another one of those 
incidents that you had while interviewing hugely successful guests in the past? You know, where the jealousy overcomes you and you start to black out? I, uh, I hope not. That hasn't happened since I spoke with Joe Piscopo, you know, like a few years ago. Well, maybe it's a little, I don't know when it was, but yeah. I mean, that guy can bench press <laughs> 350 pounds and I can maybe do 90. So yeah, I felt a little bit inadequate, but I doubt that Joe Satriani is going to try and make me feel like a waste of human flesh. Well, I hope not. But if you do feel lightheaded, I'm here yeah, for you. That's good to know. Just put him on, please. Here he is. All right, please welcome to the show musician and guitar god Joe Satriani. How you doing tonight, Joe? Great. So you're going to be heading out on the road again with a Shockwave tour and stopping in Seattle on February 25th with a show at the Paramount Theater. Oh, yeah, absolutely. All right, super. Um, Joe, when you head out on the road, do you have a bag already packed with the same thing, socks, underwear, guitar picks, or do you wait till the last second and just toss whatever is handy in a bag and go? Yeah, it's probably a little bit of that last-minute stuff when it comes to the clothing. We're not really big on costumes, you know. Um, I generally like to dress simple and then wear a guitar that looks outrageous, and that's kind of like the way I go. So that means it's T-shirts and jeans, you know. Uh, so it, it's pretty easy for me to, to pack up in about 15 minutes. All right, super. Uh, hey, do you have a, like a lifetime uh, supply of uh, guitar picks? Are you comped like for life? <laughs> I don't think that there's in the music business there's a there's any kind of a for life kind of clause, you know what I mean? It's pretty much you're hustling from the day you get your toe in the door, you know, um to the day you leave. Let you started way back as a musician teaching other aspiring guitar players and you had a few that didn't suck, such as like Steve Vai and Kirk Hammett among others. But but here's my question, did you ever work with regular players who could barely pull off Louie Louie, or did you only work with world class players, world class talent? Uh, you know, um I taught for a good um let's say about two, three, three years when I was just a high school kid uh, growing up in New York. And then when I moved out to Berkeley, California, um, I wound up teaching more like a young adult while I was in a band playing clubs all the time. And it was during that 10-year period where I was teaching um, uh, Kirk Hammett and his contemporaries uh, that, that were all over the map stylistically, like jazz guitarist Charlie Hunter, uh, or Larry Lalonde from Primus, uh, Kevin Cadigan from Third Eye Blind. I mean, they were just kind of spread out, all of them great players. But I was teaching maybe, uh, boy, 40 to 60 hours a week. And so that meant that there were like 10 like superstars. And the rest were eight-year-old kids or doctors, lawyers, race car drivers who just wanted to learn how to play, as you said, Louie Louie, so they could get some, you know, have some fun on the weekend. So most of the people I taught were actually amateurs who, who had other professions. Wow. All right. If I may cut in here, Spud. Really? Hey, uh, Joe, uh, excuse me for uh, just one moment. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I know how much you enjoy jamming on the guitar. Yeah. You know, playing Louie Louie and the opening bit from that song by, uh, I think you said, The White Stripes. Yeah, I'm pretty good with the first 10 seconds of One Nation Army, and I can get maybe 30 seconds into Louie Louie, but to be honest, it's really hard to get serious musicians to ever jam with me on those two songs. I mean, as you've heard, you know, here in the studio, I've gotten a few bands to sort of jam with me before the show when they let me use one of their guitars, but I know I have to get to the point where I can play more than 15 seconds of a song, as they always look at me with, like, major pity afterwards. Well, it's too bad you never got the opportunity to be instructed by Joe Satriani. I know. <laughs> 
Wow. Um, Who knows where you'd be now? Maybe you could play a full song. M maybe two or three. And then you could do some live shows yourself. Yeah, but what club uh, would book a guy doing a, like a nine or ten minute performance? I might be able to play on a street corner, though. Like a, a busker, I think they, they call him, right? Um, but how much money can you you know make only knowing two or three songs? I'd have to have someone make people move along after the third one so they wouldn't hear me playing the same thing over again. Oh, yeah, well, absolutely. I would be willing to serve as your roadie and make sure people kept moving on the sidewalk. You know, people don't need to know you can only play two or three songs. No, I, I just I just don't think it's worth the hassle to learn how to really play the guitar. But you could be a musical guest one night here. All you would need are those three songs for it to work on this show. Yeah, but the talk show host Spud Goodman is smart enough to not book the musician Spud Goodman. Oh. Let me get back to Joe. I have a few other questions to ask him, okay? Sure. All right, Joe, I'm back. Uh, sorry about that. Okay. All right. Well, you've released 15 albums and have been nominated for 15 Grammys over the years. That's not too shabby of a record, so I guess, I guess the career kind of worked out. Yes, I've been very lucky. I, I, I often think that never winning has been my secret to longevity, so I'm, I'm hoping I can keep that losing streak going. Well, it, it did, it's done wonders for Susan Lucci's career. It did wonders for, you know. The, the, you know, you know it's, it's funny. I'm not the most losingest. There are two other folks who, who have been nominated more times and never won than me. And so uh, I'm, I'm not even at the head of that line. So um, I, I've just kind of forgotten about it, you know. Uh, it's funny. But you know that if I ever win, I'll be walking around with that thing. So Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, in your solo career, you've chosen to record instrumentally without vocals. Have you ever picked up any bad vibes from wannabe lead singers of rock bands? You know, you represent their worst nightmare, a successful touring musician that does not need a cute guy with great hair preening about the stage. Yeah. Um, you know, not that I know about, you know, maybe behind my back, they, they think it's weird, but... Um it's, you know, just from a professional point of view, getting on the radio is difficult, and I understand that, but I never got into it, you know, to succeed at uh, some kind of uh, chart position. Uh, the idea was, if I can find an audience that likes what I do, then I'll just keep doing it. And so that worked out really great. And in that, in that view, uh, the Internet really helped because it allowed us to sort of step over the fact that we can never really get on TV with any regularity, and it's difficult to get on pop radio for sure. So uh, that means that our the Internet wound up being a wonderful place to go directly to the fan without having to be filtered out by, you know, modern rock, adult contemporary, adult country, all the other, you know, parameters that keep me off the radio. Well, yeah, I mean, you have been really busy, actually, outside of your solo career, because, as, you know, you, you toured with Mick Jagger, you, you were in Chickenfoot uh, with Sammy Hagar, Michael Anthony, and Chad Smith, and you didn't, you also filled in for the upcoming Hall of Fame inductee Tur Deep Purple? Deep Purple on a 93 tour of Japan? Is that true? I actually toured with them for about six months. We did uh, a tour of Japan um, at the end of 93, and then uh, for two months we toured Europe in, in the summer of 94, um, at which point they, they had invited me to join the band, but I just was really thinking um, about some advice uh, my friend Steve I had given me, uh, which he said to me once, he goes, man, whatever you do, try not to replace somebody famous, because that had been his burden for so long. 
You know, he'd replaced Warren in, in Frank Zappa's band, and then he replaced Ingve uh, in Alcatraz, and then he replaced, uh, you know, basically Eddie Van Halen in David Lee Roth's solo band, and then he replaced uh, uh, whatever those guys were, the, the team um, uh, in Whitesnake. And I think by the time, right before he put out Passion and Warfare, he had just about had enough of always having sort of the shadow of the former famous guy, you know, looking over him. So um, I remember thinking, you know, I'm lucky to have a solo career where I can connect with my fans. Uh, I can play whatever kind of music I want. Why would I want to live in the shadow of Richie Blackmore? And I'm a huge Blackmore fan, so it made it even harder for me to sort of mentally sort of put up with it every night, you know, because I just wanted to play exactly what he played because I was such a fan. But, you know, you don't want to do that for the rest of your life, right? Right, right, right. So I, I, I had to respectively decline and say, look, you, you know, you got to find somebody else who, you know, who wants to run with this. Uh, but I, I, I really did want to get back into my solo career and really make it work. All right. Well, in terms of creative influences on your music, I understand you're really into sci-fi. So were you like a Star Trek or Lost in Space guy growing up? Because I was a Lost in Space guy all the way, only because of Jonathan Harris's Dr. Smith. Never fear, Smith is here. But that was me. How about you? I'm a great science fiction nut. I'm actually in the, in the works uh, creating uh, a science fiction animated show that's based on my artwork, um, along with a friend of mine, Ned Evett, and uh, Brendan Small from Metalocalypse. And they were coming really close to uh, finalizing our first uh, pilot. So I'm very excited about that, that I, get, I finally get to work on a project like that. Well, um, well, let me go through this one more time. You're going to be performing at the Paramount Theater in Seattle on February 25th on the Shockwave Tour. Tickets are still available online, I believe. So I just really want to thank you so much for checking in with us tonight. It's been a really a pleasure to talk with you. Thanks for all the crazy questions. I really love them. Thank you. All right, Mr. Joe Satriani. This is the Spud Goodman Show. That should be fun. I think I'll try that. All right, once again, Wes Spate and the Apollo Proxy.
This is the Spud Goodman Show. This is the Spud Goodman Show. Hey, what's up, comedy fans? This is Jeff Ross, the Roastmaster. For some unknown reason, you're listening to the Spud Goodman Show. What the f*** is wrong with you people? Uh, Spud, your last guest, Jillian Michaels, is holding for you. Okay, I guess. I, I don't know if I've shared this with you, but I feel Jillian Michaels is a very intimidating guest. <laughs> you know, I've watched a ton of episodes of The Biggest Loser over the years, and I can't be the only one who wets their pants thinking of her. She, she's kind of scary, don't you think? Uh, me? No, no, not at all. Our, our family loves The Biggest Loser and find Jillian very sweet. But I really think you have difficulty communicating with strong women. Uh, you know, my wife feels you must have had serious issues what? being weaned as a baby. Dinner and, was and over hours ago. That's why you question your masculinity in the presence of assertive females. I, I don't think I was ever weaned as a baby. Um, oh. I, I sort of remember at five or six, I, I started, uh, you know, just drinking milk right out of the carton from the fridge. Uh, anyway, I, I, have a, I have a fascination with Jillian. I'm going to be... I'm frank, but, you know, maybe she won't yell at me during this thing and tell me to drop to the ground and give her, like, 20 fingertip push-ups. Though I won't lie, I do sort of kind of dig being yelled at by some women. Uh, <laughs> th that's maybe a little too much information, but uh, here's Jillian. All right, please say hello to fitness guru Jillian Michaels, who is checking in with us tonight. Hey, Jillian, how's it going? It's going great. How are you doing? Not too bad. So you have a new show on the E! channel, Just Jillian airing on Tuesdays yeah. at 10 p.m. Eastern, 9 Central. Yeah. All right. Now, just for, the, <laughs> just for the record, there are no Kardashians, not even distant relatives of theirs or any trace of their DNA on this program, correct? Well, ironically, my daughter goes to school with, uh, with Mason, who is Courtney's son, um, and they're, but no, Mason, and they're very close friends, it's very, it's very odd, but no, no Kardashians on the show, it's a very different show, it's actually, it's actually a comedy, it's, it's uh, really about the comedy of errors that occur as we all go about our daily lives, right, the absurdity in the minutia of trying to be the best parent, the best friend, the best coworker, the best partner, and it's, yeah, it's very lighthearted and fun. Well, how many calories will I burn watching a full episode? <laughs> None. <laughs> it depends. How are you watching it? Are you watching it on your treadmill at the gym, or are you watching it from your couch with a bag of chips? Couch. So, all right, none, but that's okay. Right, no. I don't have, I don't have high hopes for you, my friend. It was the name, I mean, the Spud, right? That's, I that mean, is correct. That is correct, yes. Well, it is how spud. did that happen, buddy? What happened there? Did your parents not love you? No, I, I just think it was, I, they just said I just resembled it, and it just went from that. I was like after birth. I was, and it's a long story. I won't bore you with it. But So, anyway, I know we're conversing on the phone. So, <laughs> I, 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 I'll be honest with you here. i got to say this. Uh, I'm feeling somewhat safe because we're on the phone. But I've watched many seasons of The Biggest Loser on NBC, and you've really scared me at times. Actually, I've had a, a few nightmares starring you. I mean, they, some of them are very pleasant. Some of them are actually very, really, really pleasant. But so what I'm saying here is, has anybody ever mentioned to you that you have a very, very powerful Powerful personality. Right. Um, you know what's interesting about Biggest Loser is that, you know, all joking aside, when you think about what that show is, it's a life or death intervention that exists on a ticking clock. So, in in some cases, it of course requires 
intensity and ferocity and all this shenanigans to move these individuals through very specific benchmarks of realization to try to make sure when they leave that place, they stick with it, right? They've had a rock bottom moment. They've taken responsibility for where they're at. They've had achievements that have helped to redefine their self-image and so on. But in real life, you know, I have, I have that kind of intensity, but it's generally related to work. And you do see, you do see some of that on the show for sure. Um, when I deal with some of our partners, our company's partners in business, and my work husband, Giancarlo, who's also my business partner of 10 years, has to clean up the mess, so to speak. Um, but you'll see, you know, I'm, I'm a regular person just like everybody else. And you get to kind of see all the various sides of my personality for better and for worse, which is, which is fun. Well, um, I'm fun. Yeah, well, yeah, they're, okay, I'm, I'm buying it, I'm buying it. Hey, if I could cut in here, Spud, and just ask if... Uh, you... just, just one second, Jillian. Yes, sir? No, you can't. I'm in the middle of a deep discussion with her right now, and it took a lot of courage for me to, to do this interview. Jeez, okay, okay. Sorry about that, Jillian. You know, my staff are very needy. <laughs> I'm sorry. But they need to know it's not okay to interrupt me in the middle of an interview. No. Um... All right, well, let's talk working out for a second. I usually go to the YMCA, you know, once or twice a week to lift some dumbbells, maybe jog a lap or two, and then hit the steam room. But that's better than 98% of most Americans, right? Yeah, well, we're starting to see improvement in the numbers. I mean, we're, we're starting to see that people are trending more towards weight loss. We're seeing a big improvement in, uh, in our juvenile Oh my goodness! Sorry, it's early for me. A juvenile demographic, um, and that's and that's encouraging. At least at least the numbers aren't ticking up with regard to our obesity epidemic. Some in some places they're holding, and in other places they're trending down. Well, I mean, I'd like to. I, I'm just my goal is like two pack abs. No, you have like twelve pack abs. Have Have you ever <laughs> ever been a, a, like an ounce overweight in your life? I was an overweight kid, oh, which um, okay. I was overweight until I was about. 15. Uh, my mom, my mom, my mom's amazing. And she got me into martial arts um, when I was 13. And that's really what started to kind of turn me around. I was being bullied at school and my mom got me into martial arts. And it's you very too. funny. We deal with something with my three-year-old uh, being bullied at school and he, I get him into jujitsu. And <laughs> it causes some tension in, in, in the, uh, in the home front. Um, but yeah, it was very beneficial for me getting into karate when I was a kid. Well, when you're at home with your significant other, Heidi, who was on the show, do you, do you ever kick back and just do nothing? Like lay on the couch, eat Ben and Jerry's like the rest of us? As, I mean, do you ever? Uh, do, okay, here would be my question. The quote, rest of, of, of the world that does that, I want to know if they have two small kids. Um, because I find that with my kids, there is no, there is no kicking back. Someone told me that, like, after they get past six, you can coast a little bit until they hit the teenage years. But, dude, there's no coasting. My, <laughs> my kids are, they're amazing, um, and they're hilarious, and they're fun, but they're very, very, very energetic. Very, <laughs> very energetic. There's no kicking back, ever. So you don't put them on the treadmill first thing at crack of dawn or anything for a couple hours, though, right? Oh, my God, you wouldn't need to. They bounce off the walls. All right. All they right, literally super. bounce off the walls. I, I swear to God, at the end of every day when my son is still alive, I'm so proud of us. I mean, like, you'll turn around and you'll find him on top of the roof. Mama, look at me. It's like, oh, my God. 
They're crazy. They're, you know, kids are nuts. Yes. And yes. mine are like extremely energetic. Well, you also have 15 pets at home. Do you like to get up at like dawn to feed all those? That's kind of cool. Yeah. Oh my God. That's a whole nother. Yeah. You, you get sort of, you get to see the origin of this story in the first episode of the show. But basically, I was quite happy. I had a city house in the hills. I have a very, very clean, organized life. And it starts out with an idea. It's this little nugget that Heidi plants, and then she just systematically wears me down. And now I live on a seven-acre farm in the middle of nowhere, and it takes me two hours to get into the city. I've got a wild boar that sleeps on the floor of my bedroom, three dogs, 14 koi fish, six horses, six chickens, four beehives. I've got a betta fish, two goldfish, a parrot. It's it, You can't even, I, there are no words. There are no words. You, can do, you, can, you just have to see it. It's insane. I think you could build an ark. Uh, you might have to build an ark. You've got about everything covered. I so. know, man. All right. Well, let, I me, know. let me conclude this interview with my signature cliche question that I'm required to ask all my guests. Uh, Jillian, what's yeah. been your most memorable moment, in your case, as the most famous fitness trainer on earth? Honestly, it would be the same. I think it's the same moment that, that most people would reference. And I, I can't stand the cliche parent thing, but, but certain things you can't escape. And it would, it would probably be when I first met my daughter and when my son was born. You know, you can't, you know. That is just a miracle. So that, um, and then, and then beyond it, there have been so many. There really have. I've been very fortunate in life to have so many great friends and so many wonderful people and so many incredible moments. But um, I took a trip to India a few years back that had many really life-changing moments that I, I wouldn't trade for the world. All righty. Well, once again, you have a brand new show on the E! Channel, Just Jillian, now airing each Tuesday night at 10 p.m. Uh, Eastern and 9 Central. So thank you so much for calling in and give us a, giving us a scoop on uh, what's going on with you. Oh, thank you, man. I appreciate it. You know, you're not really that scary, actually. There you have it, Miss Jillian Michaels. My, how time flies. Say, Spud, yeah? uh, my wife texted me again and suggested I ask our listeners if they would be interested in contributing to the youth of this country by buying something from our son and daughter in their fundraising efforts. She mentioned maybe our listeners in Europe and specifically in Germany might oh, want to join in to express their solidarity why, with us. Why, you know? why, why would listeners in Europe care about your two kids and, and this scam? Who really needs cookie dough or scam. magazine subscriptions? I, again, don't want to be a dream killer Spud, here, but... Y- you have no idea how important this is to my wife and I, so we would really appreciate it if you would help us out here. Last year, our youngest, Tyler, finished second in his class in sales. We're talking about falling $39 short of first place. Uh, you have no idea how disappointing that was to my wife and, oh, and my son. It was devastating. Well, finishing second is nothing to be ashamed of. It sounds to me like your well, wife yeah, is kind of a... I'd love to finish second in anything. Spud, I have told you before that Rachel comes from a family that only accepted winning. Participation trophies were not okay. Wow. And if you're listening now, honey, I am so happy your parents instilled such a thirst for total domination as it is defined who you are today. Gerald, you are nothing more than your wife's little We're not saying she's a wicked witch But how well did you know her before you got it? Well, 
You can tell her that I do not feel comfortable with you pressuring our listeners to buy any of your kids' crap, okay? Oh. Yeah, I mean, I would love to try and push some of the Pampered Chef products that I sell part-time. I mean, since my friends and family have already bought all the kitchen utensils that they could ever actually use. Seriously. I mean, is that possible? Can I ask if anyone would be interested in a new carving knife from our new line of, um, or from our new line of spatulas? New spatulas? Yeah. I, I thought I bought every kind and every color you had. Did, did Pampered Chef introduce a, a new model? So if so, put me down for at least yeah. a few. No, you have every spatula we now offer, Spud. Well, listen, if I can't solicit our listeners, then I can at least approach our other staff in the studio. Now, I know our two interns don't have a great deal of disposable income. No, no, no. no. You're not going to harass our, our interns with, with your high-pressure sales tactics. I'm I don't not. care if you hit up Dave on the soundboard or Mike, our engineer, as they'll just tell you and your kids to go to hell. I'm not worried about that. <laughs> yeah, that's the truth. I asked Dave if he wanted to take a look at this year's catalog, and he set it on fire. Look, some people uh. just can't handle being hit up at work to buy stuff. I get it. Your place of employment should be somewhere you're protected from this. It's bad enough with the telephone marketers you have to screen at home, let alone the Jehovah Witness people on Saturday mornings you have to dodge. It's exhausting. Well, I, I just want to make it clear that if anyone in this studio ever expects me to buy anything from their families, well, they, they're seriously mistaken. Uh, I, I, G, Gina here is the only one with kids, okay? And, and he's like, what, eight months old, Gina? So by the time he gets yeah. into this school Ponzi scheme, and I'll be, I'm going to be retired and spending part of my days at a tanning salon lathered up in coconut-smelling <laughs> lotion. And if I ever come into any real money, uh, I'm going to be flying somewhere with actual sunlight. Yeah, you know, Gerald, I've had friends who bought that kind of fundraising cookie dough, and they got yeah. salmonella. I mean, what's to say that we're not going to get poisoned well, uh, here? If you do, I'll replace it with a new box, okay? Uh, yeah, all right. Well, yeah. Um, if that's how my coworkers want to play, that's fine. Just remember, you're disappointing two yeah, young I, I'm children. Yeah, I'm going to close the show right now, or should I say infomercial. Tell your wife that winning isn't everything, all right? I mean, mediocrity is not just a bad thing. I could teach her all about it. You know, Let me know if she's interested. Okay, I am Spud Goodman. Be all that you can be, and I mean that. God bless and ciao. The Spud Goodman Radio Show is written and directed by Spud Goodman, executive producer Lori Madsen, produced by David Brenneman of Rosedale Audio Productions, original music by Michael Spots and Tom Harmon, video director T.J. Pites, on-air talent Rob McGee, Annie Coleman, and Tom Nolan, production assistants Trent Botello and Carrie Coleman, Spud's Greek chorus is The Folk Singers in Hell. Live music production and broadcast engineering by Mike Renville at the facilities of NWCZ Radio. Promotional services and support provided by Big Freak Media, Seattle's only rock and roll publicist. Opinions expressed on this show do not reflect those of the station, the sponsors, or any living person except Spud Goodman. Copyright 2016 Spud Goodman Productions. David Brenneman speaking. for an eclectic mix of music. Stay tuned for captivating talk. Stay tuned for insightful analysis of The Spud Goodman Show. Stay tuned for The Spud Goodman Post-Show Report.
your host, Lawrence. Hello, hello, hello. My name is Lawrence, and I will be your host for tonight's Spud Goodman Post Show Report. You know something? You know, I, I kind of say the same thing every week, don't I? You know, I, I, what am I going to do? They tell me to say hello and then my name. And I don't know. Maybe some night I'm going to mix it up. I'm going I'm to start off and I'm going to say, I will be your host for tonight's Spugman Post Show Report. And my name is Lawrence. What do you Super. think of that? Yeah. Keep everybody on the toes. You know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, anyway, anyway, we got here with my, my co-host here, Gina. Hey, how you doing, Gina? Hey, Lawrence. You know, I've been looking forward to tonight's show. This could be our best show ever. Uh, yeah, you think Super. so? Yeah, I, I, that'd be great if it was, because uh, last week, boy, I was really off my game. Boy, what did you think? You think so? You? You were yeah. amazing, as always. I mean, no one can host the post-show report on the radio no. like you, Lawrence. Well, you know, I, I swear that I heard our executive producer, Lori, saying that that, you know, there's not really that many post-show reports on the radio out there. Well, you know, hey, you gave me a compliment. A compliment's a compliment. I'll take it. So I, I appreciate that. All Thank right. You. Super. You. You, you know something? I got to say, I have been instructed to formally announce the show's highlight wow. guy and resident conservative voice, Derek. Thank you. And I'm not, not supposed super. to be. Not super. I'm not supposed to disregard any contributions that he's making to the program. So. Is Was that on the memo we got at the staff meeting? I, I think mean, so. Derek, yeah. you must have gone sniveling about being mistreated on the show, what? right? <sighs> yeah. You know what? Hello, my name is Derek, and I am the show's highlight correspondent and also represent an alternative viewpoint for all the other liberals here. Super. I mean, sometimes you guys sound like a socialist party convention. Oh, okay, <laughs> wait a minute. Now, now socialists, those are liberals, right? Because, you know, I keep getting them confused with sociologists, you know, those the professors who study the habits of people and stuff like that. Well, you know, I guess liberals are people, right? I I'm human, so maybe they're connected, and, and I didn't really know. Uh, let's just say there are a lot more conservatives than liberals in America these days, and uh, that's why I've been asked to balance things out on this show. I Super, mean, the latest uh, Gallup poll indicates this country is 36% conservative and 23% liberal. So with that math, I should not poll. only be the host of this program, I should also have a conservative co-host. Uh, yeah, that might be true, but look at the leaders the conservatives love. I mean, they are a flat-out freak show. Yep. I mean, we may have lying liars on our side, but your team is uh, insane. I will take good old American lying from my side of politicians uh, to those wackadoodles on your team. Hey, all right, yeah, super. Know, right? And, and then most of the right wing in this country, the counting down the end of days and all that stuff, you know, like what normal person looks forward to the world ending? You know, would do anything to make sure it happens as quickly as possible. That doesn't make sense. Super. Uh, so, Derek, are you an end of days guys, or are you one of those fiscal conservatives who want to be buried with as much gold and silver as they can fit in their casket? I'm not even going to respond to that. Well, that's a good thing because you know what? I got to introduce the panel right now, anyway. So, we got Dave on the soundboard. How you doing, Dave? Good evening, Lawrence. I'm doing uh, very well. Well, good. That's good to hear. And Mike, how are you doing tonight, our engineer here? Hey, I'm doing great. Thanks, Lawrence. Oh, you're very, very welcome. And of course, we have our production assistant, Trent. He's handling the phones. Hey, what's up, Trent? I took a nap during the first hour. Did I miss anything important? No, nah, I don't think so. It's just the spud show. And then, uh, oh, we've got a skilled intern from Pierce College. Carrie, how are you doing, Carrie? I'm doing great. Thanks. How are you, Lawrence? I'm doing pretty well. And you know, stay away from those frat house keggers. You got to be okay, careful in college and all. Good, good. That's a good choice. All right, let's lead off with the music here. Uh, you know, I'm thinking, what are we going to do tonight? Let's, let's start off with something that... Uh, um, so uh, tonight is the night, right? I mean, you, you said last week we were going to go for it. 
wrote. You did say yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. finally, we're, we're, we're going to play a song from one of the most important bands in history. Oh, super. The super Insane no. Clown Posse. I mean, I brought their whole catalog, everything, just in case look. we wanted to go all ICP and drop the rest of the stuff planned. So, look, 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 Gina, I know Spud left the studio, but you know he listens to the show on the way home. I don't think it's a good idea to be getting When into- I told our executive producer just how popular ICP is, she gave me the go-ahead. So, I mean, we're totally safe doing this. Why not begin with a cut off the Carnival of Carnage? I mean, maybe oh, the third nah, song. Nah, I, 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 look, okay, I'm gonna text Spud. I'm just, I gotta, I gotta do that first. I gotta check and see if he's okay with this. I don't want to just go off all wild and stuff. Plus, I don't want to deal with one of his tantrums because if he finds out that we're playing this on his post show report and stuff like that, really? Nah, I don't wanna, yeah. Wow. Okay, fine. Text him. All right, I'll, I'll do that. But in the meantime. We're going to begin with the the great Shirley Bassey and her memorable tune, Diamonds Are Forever. And then we have a band from Salt Lake City, Utah, Max Payne and the Groovies with What You Want to Hear. All right, Dave, hit it. Diamonds are forever. I need to please me They can stimulate and tease me They won't leave in the night I've no fear that they might desert me Diamonds are forever Stroke it and undress it I can see every part Nothing hides in the heart To hurt me I don't need love For what good will love do me Diamonds never lie to me
is the Spud Goodman Post Show Report. All right, we have Wes Spate and the Apollo Proxy hanging around here in the studio with us from the first hour. We appreciate you guys sticking around. Yeah, so how y'all doing tonight? Doing good. Doing good. Very well, thank you. Okay, yeah, very welcome. You know, hey, you know, I got to ask you this. I ask everybody this. So, have any of you guys done any hard time like federal state prison any time in the joint? Not yet. I'm fortunate to say no. No, sir. I heard it. Not yet. That's an optimist right there. Yeah, all right. He's got the tattoos. Yeah, yeah you kind of that kind of goes with the territory. All right, now now let me ask you this: if if you could, uh, if, if there was a uh, any rock star that was still alive for a day that you could be, who would it be? Gigi Allen. Gigi Allen. Yeah. That's not a rock star, I know, but you know I trust you guys on that. Super. Google it. All right, Gigi Allen. I'm gonna be googling. So and then now I want to ask you guys something else now. Any of you guys into to crossword puzzles? Because, you see, I like to do the Portuguese crossword puzzles because I like a challenge considering I don't know the language. So, so, But I like the challenge. So how about you guys? Do you guys do those crossword puzzles? you like them? I used to uh, work at an elderly home where I did crossword puzzles every day. All right, super. You try to get the help from the elderly? They, like, throw you a bone? Yeah, I mean, they have more experience with words than I do, right? Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's the place to go. Yeah. Uh, so, Wes, I mean, you are an, a, a very accomplished musician. Just how big of an influence has the Insane Clown Posse had on your career? So huge. <laughs> Super. <laughs> yeah, you know, they've had influences in surprising places, I, I guess I would say. Oh, yep. of course. Everywhere. Yeah, I Their they, reach is just astounding. I heard they influenced Burke Connolly. That's what I heard. I think that's Super. <laughs> All right, so, you know, you guys are going to play one more song for us tonight. What's the name of the last song you're going to do? Take Me to That Place. All right, Wes Spate.
Goodman Post Show Report. Welcome back to the Spud Goodman Post Show Report. All right, conservative voice of the show. I know you got another job besides that. I do. So what is that job? So as our highlight correspondent, I would like to say that I thought it was very fitting that you asked uh, Wes and his band that question about which dead musician they would hang out with if they could. Yeah. Because in this Howie Mandel clip, Spud asked Howie which dead comedian he would hang out with right. if he could. And you guys are going to be really interested in Howie's answer. All right, super. Well, uh, here's my last question. Um, if you could hang out for like one day with one deceased comedian, who you know who's left us? Who would it be at this point? I'm, I'm just wanted to know. Well, to be honest with you, I would not like to hang for an hour with a deceased comedian because it would be quiet and there's no one to talk to, and just the smell of rotting flesh it makes it hard to eat. So I will, I you know, if I had my choice, it would be a living comedian. I would not hang with any deceased comedians. Uh, but thanks for the question. Yeah, well, I'd probably go with Bob Saget. I don't know if he's dead or not, but you know, I hey, I just I dig the guy. But anyway, all right. I don't think Bob Saget is dead, to be honest with you. Yeah, I, Spud doesn't seem to have his uh, finger very firmly on the pulse of any kind of culture. Of who's Cooper. dead? In, I wonder if he still thinks that Andrew Jackson, the president, is still alive. Because he might not know who is really alive and who's dead. And I think we ought to have a sit-in and kind of give him the rundown of what celebrities are, are still alive. Peter Lawford, he's not alive. Maybe we could ask our, uh, our good friend... Uh uh, the psychic to come in and oh, sit yeah. down and help out, like determine who's who's dead and who's still alive. All right, you know, super. See, you're putting that brain to good use here. So you know, instead of doing that conservative shtick there. Well, anyway, we got to get back to some music here. So let's see. First off, we're gonna and play. we are going to we're, lead off with a cut from wait. the Insane Clown Posse's most oh. recent album, The Marvelous Missing Link, and the song Shock. Dave, hit it. Oh, Shock. But they just left and almost killed me My face is bloody and my shoes are gone Standing in traffic, what went wrong? In my hand is an axe Weapon, I can't relax oh, Is it over? Yeah, oh. oh boy yeah, I, ooh, I just got a text What's from Spud You know, when that super. noise was going on He said that he's going to come back to the station now And he's going to firebomb this place what? If we play any more ICP 
Look, hey, I'm sorry, Gina. I'm just a messenger here, but you know he's a big control you know, freak, right? That song was just getting good. Man, Spud has such lame taste. Yeah, I don't know when it was going to get good. But, uh, you know, All right, super. I'm going to go with the, the music that we got on the schedule here. So, first up is this the, on the set here is a mashup. We got The Clash and Marvin Gaye, and this one's titled Train It Up. And then we have a band. Uh, originally from Akron, Ohio, they were formed back in 1976. It's Rubber City Devils, and uh, this is their release of the song from 2002. I want to pierce my brain. All right, let's do it.
This is the Spud Goodman Post Show Report. I gotta say, Gina, you know, after that ICP stunt there, you know, you made Derek look like the good guy. What? Kind of, sort of. Super. Now he's he's glowing and basking over there. Look at him. So, moving on to our next highlight. Uh, Thanks, Gina, by the way. Um, Our next highlight comes from the uh, Joe Satriani interview, where Joe talks about uh, being careful to not step into shoes that are too big for you and, like, getting lost in uh, other people's shadows. That's right, Derek. Take that. Remember that. Well, yeah, I mean, you have been really busy, actually, outside of your solo career because, as you know, you, you toured with Mick Jagger, you, you were in Chickenfoot uh, with Sammy Hagar, Michael Anthony, and Chad Smith, and you didn't, you also filled in for the upcoming Hall of Fame inductee, Tur- Deep Purple? Deep Purple on a 93 tour of Japan? Is that true? I actually toured with them for about six months. We did uh, a tour of Japan um, at the end of 93, and then uh, for two months we toured Europe in, in the summer of 94, um, at which point they, they had invited me to join the band, but I just was really thinking um, about some advice uh, my friend Steve I had given me, uh, which he said to me once, he goes, man, whatever you do, try not to replace somebody famous, because that had been his burden for so long. You know, he'd replaced Warren in, in Frank Zappa's band, and then he replaced Ingve, uh in Alcatraz, and then he replaced, uh, you know, basically Eddie Van Halen in David Lee Roth's solo band, and then he replaced uh, uh, whatever those guys were, the, the team um, uh, in Whitesnake. And I think by the time, right before he put out Passion and Warfare, he had just about had enough of always having sort of the shadow of the former famous guy, you know, looking over him. So um, I remember thinking, you know, I'm lucky to have a solo career where I can connect with my fans. Uh, I can play whatever kind of music I want. Why would I want to live in the shadow of Richie Blackmore? And I'm a huge Blackmore fan, so it made it even harder for me to sort of mentally sort of put up with it every night, you know, because I just wanted to play exactly what he played because I was such a fan. But, you know, you don't want to do that for the rest of your life, right? Right, right, right. So I I had to respectively decline and say, look, you you know, you got to find somebody else who, you know, who wants to run with this. Uh, But I I really did want to get back into my solo career and really make it work. All right. Well, in terms of creative influences on your music, you know, I don't think I have to worry about uh, stepping into bi- shoes that are too big for me because I have pretty big feet. Yeah, wow, what what size do you wear? Is that like a 16? Well, I have to get them custom ordered. I'm not really sure. It varies between like what type Super. of shoe I buy. Really? Wow, man. A dress shoe must cost you like $900. So speaking mm-hmm. of the insane clown posse, does that mean Derek can only buy shoes when the circus is in town? <laughs> Those kind of... You know, uh-huh. now that you uh-huh. make, they do look like clown shoes, you know? <laughs> You might want to get like one of those. Oh, really quick, since I know that uh, Spud and Lori are listening, if there are going to be sanctions handed down for playing ICP on the show, I will gladly fill in the co-host position when uh, during her suspension. Uh, All right. Speaking Super. of big shoes to fill, yeah, I don't no, think that, that's, that's going to happen. happen. No, no, I don't think that's going to happen. That was a good shot, Derek. It was nice of you to try to swing for the fences like that. Yeah, that's a foul ball right there. Oh, man. You know what? Let, I'm going to do some more music here. We're going to start off with uh, Father John Misty. And this tune is called Chateau Lobby number four off his new album, I Love You, Honey Bear. And then we have a cut from Nirvana's Bleach, Swap Me. Here it is. Am I
Took up her 
Report. All right. So the music on tonight's show has been pretty good. I, I'm, I'm not saying that Spud has horrible tastes. It's just that he has a blind spot for ICP and it is too biased to be objective Wouldn't here. I mean, I bet style. if we put it to a vote, our listeners would be, uh, it would be a landslide that they would want to play them. I am positive Super. about this. <laughs> I will take that bet. Yeah, no. Yeah. I, you know what? I'm actually going to side with Derek on this one. And Thank right. you. Get, excuse me a little bit to have to say that, but. Oh, come that's, on, that's guys. True. I mean, my mom used to tell me how big the Beatles were in her life. And she said they changed the world. And when I first heard the insane clown posse, I then understood what my mom was always talking about when I was younger. I mean, music what? can do powerful things to you. Mm. I am well, amazed they have stuff. not been honored at the Kennedy Center. Okay. All right. Super. Thing. I mean, yeah. They've recognized Billy Joel, Elton John. I mean, even freaking Sting. And they continue to refuse to acknowledge the impact the ICP has had on society. Super. Obviously, there are no juggalos in the voting members. Gina, Gina, Gina. You guys call me nuts? Yeah. Uh, yes, we do. We do call you nuts. But but what you're saying there, that's really nuts. The Kennedy Center? Come on, they they yeah. honor the the greatest, only the greatest American actors and the artists and the authors, exactly, and musicians. Point proven. No, Super. no, no. You really think that ICP could be considered musicians? Come on. Okay, I will chalk that remark up to the fact that the long arm of Spud Goodman has prompted you to take the company line here. I mean, I will let it go, but I want everyone to know I am doing the rest of this program under protest. All right, yep. all right, duly noted. All right. Well, in this set of music, we're going to start off with the, the Japan Droids and their song, For the Love of Ivy. And following that, we have Joe Jackson with It's Different for Girls. All right, hit it, Dave.
You're listening to the Spud Goodman Post Show Report. All right, I think we got time for one more uh, of the highlights for the first hour. Yeah, Lawrence. So in our final clip of the night, we have Spud talking to Jillian Michaels kind of creepily about how he dreams about her. And uh, also Jillian gets to talk about what The Biggest Loser is actually about. It's a long story. I won't bore you with it. But so anyway, I know we're conversing on the phone. So <laughs> I, 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 I'll be honest with you here. I got to say this. Uh, I'm feeling somewhat safe because we're on the phone. But I've watched many seasons of The Biggest Loser on NBC. And you've really scared me at times. Actually, I've had a, a few nightmares starring you. I mean, they, some of them were very pleasant. Some of them were actually very, really, really pleasant. But so what I'm saying here is, has anybody ever mentioned to you that you have a very, very powerful personality? Right. Um, you know what's interesting about Biggest Loser is that, you know, all joking aside, when you think about what that show is, it's a life or death intervention that exists on a ticking clock. So in, in some cases, it, of course, requires intensity and ferocity and all this shenanigans to move these individuals through very specific benchmarks of realization to try to make sure when they leave that place, they stick with it, right? They've had a rock bottom moment. They've taken responsibility for where they're at. They've had achievements that have helped to redefine their self-image and so on. But in real life, you know, I have, I have that kind of intensity, but it's generally related to work. And you do see, you do see some of that on the show for sure. Um, when I deal with some of our partners, our company's partners in business, and my work husband, Giancarlo, who's also my business partner of 10 years, has to clean up the mess, so to speak. Um, but you'll see, you know, I'm, I'm a regular person just like everybody else. And you get to kind of see all the various sides of my personality for better and for worse, which is, which is fun. Well, um, come fun. Yeah. Well, yeah. They're, okay. I'm, I'm buying it. I'm buying it. Now, she did that show, The Biggest Loser, right? Yeah. Isn't that the one? Now, is it? They have a contest, and they see who actually comes in last place. How, how's that uh, show? No, I've never seen it. How? How? That? How? Whoever loses the most weight. Okay. All right. Super. Oh, like losing, losing weight. Okay, losing. Yeah. Now I get because yeah. I thought they were lining up a bunch of people and they said, "Who is the biggest loser? You win the biggest loser contest." And I'm like, "How do you win a biggest loser contest? You have to. You can only do second place." I think that's the uh, Republican uh, nomination. Oh, yeah, that's wait, the biggest loser. That, I think if you won a biggest loser contest, isn't that like then you're not a loser, you're a winner. That's what so, confused me. Yeah, you can yeah. still win at being a loser. How, oh, wow, you guys are really. I think we me. should move on I'm, to music. I'm, yeah, I'm getting confused here. All right, well let's let's right, end super. the music section here. We're gonna do a band from Portland, Oregon. It's called they're called the the Shivas, and their tune is called "Gun in My Pocket." So you're gonna you're gonna be hearing from these guys. Check it out.
Alright, I guess we gotta wrap up the show and say goodnight now. So I guess maybe that's for the best. Hey, Gina, you you doing okay? Yeah, I guess. Like I said, you have disappointed a whole lot of listeners by pulling Super. all ICP songs on this show. I mean, just be ready to be buried by emails from all around the world as juggalos are in every country across the globe. Yeah, so are Scientologists. I mean, for once, I agree with the oh. decision made by Spud Goodman. Super. I, I guess it's like that broken clock, right? What, what broken clock? What, that, that clock right there? That clock's no. broken? I, uh, I think Derek is referencing that old cliche, even a broken clock is right twice yeah. a day. I particularly never liked that one myself. Well, yeah, no. you know what? If that cliche was good enough for my grandfather, it's good enough for me. All right, Just keeping super. our American culture alive, you know? I mean, pretty soon with all these illegal immigrants coming into this country, we will have lost all of our classic cliches. Once were. Think about that possibility. Another reason to get behind Donald Trump. Derek, you are a cliche. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and like Derek, I can live without those cliches from the past. They, they never did nothing for me. You know what? Tradition cliches. is necessary if we want to preserve what makes this country a special place. And Mr. Trump will make sure that we never lose sight of what we are all about. Hmm. Yeah, you know what? You know, I don't know. These cliches, they don't, they, they come back from the 1800s and stuff. Like, you think they would have done their time and served their purpose and be out now. This is the 21st century. The only thing Donald Trump will be preserving is anything with his name or face on it. Yeah, and his hair on it. You know, <laughs> I, I don't know. I think that hair might be even a cliche, that whole comb over business. Oh, everything about Trump is a cliche. You know, I think, add, is a cliche. I think I think they add that hair in post. I, I, I can't imagine you would really go around. I mean, he probably just has like this, this blue screen do-rag <laughs> on his head. And then afterwards, they add the hair in, in, in post. Oh, you mean like CGI, special yeah, effects. Yeah, so yeah. we should tell Spud about that. CGI I know hair. he's always been self-conscious about his hair. Well, you know, I think... That that I like that idea. You know, they don't. Then I noticed that Bernie guy is not doing no special effects for his hair. Yeah, he just lets it go. I mean, you gotta respect that. That's how you know he's real. You know yeah. he's real by the hair. Yeah. You got fake hair, you be fake. And if you got real hair, you just that's, let that's it go. Real, you know. Yeah. Yeah, he oh, uh, doesn't even cover it up with a baseball cap. Who Bernie? Sa Bernie? Yeah, Bernie Sanders. Un unlike some people, I, we well, know. Well, I, I'm I'm glad for that. <laughs> He's got to go on natural as far as I'm concerned because you know what you're getting. Not like that Trump because there might be something living Super. under there, you know, the, from the coming over. You, you know what? I tell you what. Why don't we go ahead and wrap up everything? I got to say thanks. Dave, I got to thank you for your work tonight. A nice job. pleasure as always. I am very proud to be associated with this production. This that's, is a fine That's production. what it says here on that card that Lori gave me. Now, you, you read that really <laughs> nicely. <laughs> and then Mike, of course, our engineer, thank you for the work you do. Sounding good. Thank good you. Job. I did all that comment from yeah. David. Yep. And then, of course, we got our production assistant, Trent. Thank you for your work. Uh, my pleasure. But I zoned out. Wasn't it saying clown posse? Is that some new circus or something? Uh, yeah, it's kind of a circus of sorts. Yeah, it's a it's a circus. I could tell it's you. It's not super. And then Carrie, of course, our co community college intern. Thank you. We appreciate the work you do too. Well, thanks. It's nice, nice to be here. Thank you, thank you. All right, everyone now listening, please tune in next week because we're going to have a brand new Spud Goodman Post show report for you. So, everybody, good night. Good night, everyone. ICP forever. Derek out.
The Spud Goodman Post Show Report is written and directed by Spud Goodman. Executive producer, Lori Madsen. Produced by David Brenneman of Rosedale Audio Productions. Associate producer, David Deere. On-air talent, Annie Coleman and Derek Schneider. Live music production and broadcast engineering by Mike Renville at the facilities of NWCZ Radio. Production assistants, Trent Potello and Carrie Coleman. Theme music composed and performed by Brian J. Martin. Promotional services and support provided by Big Freak Media, Seattle's only rock and roll publicists. Copyright 2016 Spud Goodman Productions. David Brenneman speaking. To all the juggalos out there, I will continue to fight the good fight and get ICP on the air. I will prevail. Whoop, whoop. ICP forever. Boom. <laughs>